you're listening to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. We give you the tips and strategies to help you utilize the web to get more traffic, leads and sales for your business. Now here's your host, Nick Morris. Welcome back to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Morris, and this week we're joined by Simon Derek Roberts from BNI. We're going to be talking about BNI, which is a business networking network, international business networking. G'day, Simon. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me along, Nick. Great to be here. Uh, let's get started by having you telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your role of, at uh, BNI. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I started my BNI journey as a rank and file member just over three years ago. I uh, actually spoke with the local business enterprise center uh, CEO. His name is Mike Hawkins. I asked him for, to tell me what other networking opportunities were available in my area. Uh, so at the time, I was working as a business development manager for a cloud computing uh, custom software development company based in Adelaide. And I was looking to connect with other uh, business professionals, um, so IT professionals, business consultants, etc., who could refer me in to the clients, you know, that I was looking to tap into. Uh, so, yeah, Mike uh, put me on to BNI and uh, it was interesting. The very first time I went to a meeting, we'd actually, uh, we were meeting at a pub. We were locked out of the venue. So it wasn't a great first impression. We were stuck in the courtyard at the Britannia Hotel. But uh, I just felt that the people that were at the meeting were a much higher caliber than what I'd bumped into at, say, a business SA, a Vanna Chamber of Commerce, the local BEC. So, even though, you know, perception-wise, it wasn't a great first start, uh, there was just something different about it. So that's when I got involved at the ground level. Cool. Yeah, that makes, uh, that's, that's a good little introduction. Um, moving on from that, what, what is BNI exactly? I mean, obviously, it's business networking, but can you give us a little bit more information? Yeah, look, BNI is about building your personal referral network. So the challenge that you have with a normal networking group is that when you rock up, uh, there might be, you know, three telecommunication guys in the room, five mortgage brokers, two real estate agents, etc. So you're at one of these events. There's normally more people there. You know, there might be anywhere from 40 up to 100, but your competitors are in the room. And probably the other challenge is, you know, and I actually was attending an event a couple of weeks ago, I was asked to speak for a few minutes. It's something we call the networking disconnect. I'd never tried this exercise myself before, but I asked the room, you know, please raise your hands if you're here to sell. So every single hand, there's about 35, 40 people in the room. Every single hand went up, okay? So they're all there to sell. And then I asked the question, now, come on, guys, be honest. How many of you are here to buy? Well, two hands kind of half went up a little bit ashamedly. So that's the disconnect that everyone's there to sell. No one's genuinely there to buy. So the idea with BNI is your competitors aren't in the room. So that's one advantage. And you're actually there to sell through the people in the room. So to tap into their network of the two or 300 people sitting behind each other person in the room rather than to sell to the 30 people in the room, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you mentioned other networking groups. Uh, how, what are the main sort of differentiators between BNI and other sort of regular networking groups? Apart from obviously, as you say, um, your competitors aren't in the room. There are yeah. other networking events that I've sort of become aware of that uh, operates in a similar way where they can only accept one of each industry and, and things like that. Um, yeah. Are there any other major differences? Uh, do you think, for instance, do you think other networking events can still be effective for uh, getting businesses uh, business? 
Yeah, absolutely. Although uh, you generally look, it depends on what industry you're in. If you're a florist, you know, it's a, it's a fairly uh, low risk transaction. So someone who's only just met you might try you out and spend, you know, 50 or a hundred bucks. What could possibly go wrong? If you are an accountant, uh, really your goal should be maybe to make two or three meaningful contacts on the night, have some good conversations and then follow up for a coffee afterwards. So we actually encourage our members to be involved in other networking groups. We think they should be active on, depending on their target market, Facebook and or LinkedIn, uh, in various gr- conversation groups there, they should be involved in at least one sort of chamber of commerce, you know, those pay-as-you-go events, um, just to build their contact sphere. Uh, also, you know, you should be involved in a service group if you're community-minded, you know, uh, Rotary. We have a lot of Rotarians and Lions clubs, uh, members. I'm in Lions myself. Um so yeah, we but but what we don't want for our members is that they're involved in one of those other groups that you talked about, which are similar to BNI in that they're about referrals or leads, and there's uh, only one person per profession in the room. Because if a great opportunity comes across my desk for a real estate agent, then I've got divided loyalties. Who do I give it to? So it's great for me. I'm tapping into two separate groups of people that are going to find me referrals, but it's not very fair to the other people in the room because of those divided loyalties. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, can I, let's let's hear a little bit more about how it actually works, sort of on the day when you go along to these events, and how the referral system works, and also uh, what's the cost behind this. Sure. Okay. So I'll, I'll handle the cost side first, if that's all right, and then we'll come back to how it works. Uh, because how it works is a little bit like getting a haircut. It's very hard to explain and get the result unless you're actually there. Um, so look, cost wise, uh, firstly, we'll talk about the value. So last year in Australia, the average return for a member, obviously there are some that did way over some that didn't do very well, but the average, uh, return because we test and measure everything in BNI. And that's probably one of our points of differences over the similar organizations that have one person per profession. So the average return was $47,000 Australia-wide. In Adelaide, it was around $43,000 last year for the average member. Uh, So the costs involved, uh, there's an annual membership fee, which is $730 XGST, and there's also a once-off joining fee of $340 XGST. So in your first year, it's 1177 including tax, and that's less than a cup of coffee a day. I think it works out, you know, if you divide it by 365, it's three bucks 20 a day. So, you know, if you weigh up the returns, for, obviously you've got to put in some time and effort to, you, you don't just magically get 43 grand or 47 grand just because you've signed a piece of paper. Um, but, you know, cost benefit analysis is fairly good return on investment. So we run a structured 40-point agenda that's designed to facilitate people building their profile and trust uh, levels within the room. So basically, prove that you are credible because if you're a real estate agent, not everyone in that room in a given 12-month period is going to be able to personally try your services. In fact, if one or two of them can, that's great. But again, that's not what we're about. We're about selling through the people in the room. So the agenda, the 40-point agenda is designed to let you show up Uh, present your business in a very positive way. Probably the key points of the meeting are that we actually make a request for a specific referral every week. So depending on the size of your group, you normally uh, deliver a 60-second presentation where you might talk about a a recent job you've been working on and then you ask for something quite specific. If you're business to business, you might name a particular person 
their position in the company, the company, the industry, etc. If you work business to community, uh, business to consumer, sorry, you might describe a key life situation. So if you're a travel agent, you might be talking about someone who's just gotten engaged because they're going to start thinking about their honeymoon. So we make a specific referral request, each of the members during the meeting. And then towards the end of the meeting, we actually pass the referrals that were um, that we did during the week. We actually uh, record at a transactional level and it goes into the database the referrals that we passed. Any referrals we received previously that have translated into business, we actually track the value of the business received. That's how we can uh, tell you that $43,000 was the average return for the Adelaide member last year. But I think the key point for building credibility in the room, as I said, not everyone's going to try your service. But if one of the members has personally used you or they've referred you on to one of their contacts and you've done a fantastic job, what they will generally do is read out a testimonial, either written by themselves or by that client, and then they'll normally give you that in written form so you can put it on your website, uh, your Facebook page, etc. So the point is if that person then endorses you, there's 30 people in the room, they might be pretty close with five or six of the other members who therefore, because you know Bob's endorsed you, they feel comfortable then referring you to their contacts as well, if that makes sense. So the testimonial no, is a key element. Cool, cool. Yeah, that sound, that's a pretty good good little overview. And I like uh, the fact that you've also got that testimonial angle as well. So it sort of goes beyond just kind of uh, the networking itself, but also to, to things like testimonials that you can put on your website, as you said, which um, can help people when they're kind of related in its word and mouth. But it's an, an yep. additional thing as well as just the networking itself. Um, so let just make sure I can, I've got the, got the sort of the process down. It sounds like um, you're collecting referrals to give to the, uh, to the other people in the group when, when you come along. Uh, it, it, is it each week you, that you meet up? Uh, yes, we meet weekly. Generally, it's we don't meet on public holidays. We, you know, we have a break over Christmas, so we generally meet forty-seven, forty-eight times a year. So there is there is a commitment involved, but we've tried over the twenty-eight year history. We've tried other models, fortnightly, monthly. Uh, look, we found there was a, a clear relationship between the the frequency of meeting and the amount of business passed. Um, one thing I should probably get clear on, you know, if I, if I have a BNI meeting and it's a Thursday morning and an opportunity comes up to refer business on a Thursday afternoon, I don't wait until the next mor- uh, Thursday morning to tell the member. Obviously, referrals are like milk. They go off pretty quickly. So you contact the member straight away, but we do the paperwork so we can put it into the database each each meeting, if that makes sense. Right, yeah, I was wondering about that a little bit. So you you would have the business cards and, I guess, contact information of other people in the group that you've sort of networked with, and then when you get that referral, you you know send it straight through to them, and then you document that when you come each week at the meeting. Absolutely, that's right. You, members carry a card wallet, although that's a bit old school these days, so often the referral that we opportunity comes up over the phone or something, so we might send through an e-card or we'll MMS the members' details to the uh, the prospect. But the key is, uh, so that would just be a lead. The, the difference between a qualified referral and a lead is we also seek permission from the prospect to have the member call them within the next day. And that that's the key. So that there's no, uh, you know, sitting there waiting for that phone call that never comes in. You know, if you just give a business card, probably 95% of the time you'll never receive that call. Not that they're not genuinely in the market, but they just get busy and they get distracted. So we want to empower our members with the uh, the opportunity to follow up the prospect. Absolutely, yeah, that makes sense, and I can definitely uh, 
uh, relate to getting busy and, and not getting onto things I was meaning to call this person or whatever. So that definitely yeah. makes sense. Um, let's move on. I've I've heard some really great things about BNI. In fact, when I first, I think the first time I sort of heard about it at another networking event, someone had said that they joined up and then they had to leave uh, within the within the first few months. They had so much business that they they couldn't take on anymore, and they, they was just like, "Wow, it's a, it's an amazing uh, thing to say about this BNI thing." And then I've heard bits and pieces from other people around the place. So, what do you think is it that has people so sort of excited about the BNI model? Look, I, I think obviously most people are there for the business opportunity. Um, I should be careful about using that sort of language because it might make people think we're a pyramid scheme or uh, multi-level marketing, which absolutely we're not. There's no kickbacks or commissions or anything like that for members introducing another member into the group. Um, but yeah, look, most people are there to make money. In fact, really we want people who are there motivated to make money because we're we're founded on the principle of giver's gain. So it's the old what goes around comes around. So I guess what ends up happening is you end up in a room of 30 to 40 like-minded business professionals that are generally go-getter types that are hungry to uh, get work. Therefore, they know they've got to be hungry to find opportunities. And it's always quite rewarding where you make an introduction uh, to you know a family member, a client, whatever, and and the job you know you've solved their problem. It's outside of your personal um, professional sphere, but you've actually made an introduction that's solved their problem. So I think people get a, a good, warm, and fuzzy feeling about that. But also uh, because we're really a training organisation, we provide a lot of training at no cost to our members. Um, for as part of their membership fees. So it gives them access to the system, but also the training we provide both face-to-face, one-on-one, uh, group workshop formats and online. We have a 24-7 online training portal as well. So some people join for the professional development and you can see that. You see members that have been in three months, six months, five years, and they've really grown as an individual. Uh, you know, their public speaking, their confidence, etc., etc. So there are other reasons why people get excited about BNI. But look, at the end of the day, most of us that are there are there to, to increase the bottom line. And I guess I guess people get excited because they figure it is a good return on their time. It, it's, it's far more effective than a lot of the other uh, what I call pay-as-you-go networking events like um, Adelaide Word of Mouth, etc. You know, there, there's some good stuff out there, but it doesn't always translate into good business opportunities. Not to say that you shouldn't do it. As I mentioned before, we recommend members are involved with other networking groups. Awesome. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, just to follow up on one point you said, this, obviously you said there's yeah. no kickbacks or commissions in there, which and yeah. it's, to separate it definitely from any kind of sort of pyramid scheme or anything uh, dodgy in that way. Um, yeah. Are people expected, is there an expectation of the number of referrals you need to, need to bring along? I think you said before you should try to bring one to each meeting. Is, there, is it like a, an exchange almost? Like you should be matching yeah. the amount of referrals you, you get sort of thing? What goes around comes around. So if each member in the room is looking to make $50,000, $70,000 a year on average of their return, that means every member in the room needs to bring fifty dollars to $70,000 worth of business opportunities to the table as well. So look, b is definitely a, uh, you know, we say it's a contact sport. You know, we want players, not spectators. So passengers can actually, you know, each chapter has its own vibe and culture. Some chapters do better than others. We've got a, an established chapter that's been going for about seven or eight years that meets on Melbourne Street every Friday morning. They've shared this calendar year and I think about $720,000 worth of business so far. So that's referrals that have actually translated into business and we're not even four months into the year. 
So the, the point is they don't tolerate passengers. They, they, are, um, they have high expectations and, and they hold their members accountable. So each member makes a commitment and I say they hold their members accountable. The members allow themselves to be held accountable by their fellow members because they're a high-performing chapter. They're results-oriented. Each chapter will set its own goal. Most chapters set a max uh, a target in terms of those targets. Most of them won't set a goal higher than one referral per member per week because then you're in danger of lowering the, the quality of the referrals and you're straying into leads territory. And what we'd rather do is have a member, when they receive a referral, know there's a reasonable chance of making a couple of thousand dollars out of that rather than, yeah, receiving a piece of confetti that's probably worthless. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um. You mentioned chapters in there. I think I'll just uh, ask you on that point. Um, so obviously, there's so there's different chapters uh, within the city, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. And I guess chapters come up when there's enough demand to open up a new chapter. Is that is that sort of how it works? Yeah, absolutely right. Because we only allow one person per profession, uh, we have unmet demand in Adelaide right now. So we had the start of last year, we had two BNI chapters. By the end of the year, we'd launched a third chapter. They both met in North Adelaide, actually, uh, and I was a member of, of one of those chapters that launched about three years ago, as I mentioned. So we launched a chapter in the Marion uh, Aquatic Centre, the new aquatic centre down there, fantastic venue, and that was because of, uh, firstly, unmet demand in the inner southern and western suburbs. Uh, we then launched two more chapters uh, at the start of this year, one in the deep south at Christie's Beach. They meet at the Surf Lifesaving Club down there. There's some serious wow factor going down to that meeting. It makes going there bright and early worth it when you see all the ocean views because you're right on the esplanade on the second floor. Uh, and I also launched uh, very rapidly. I had a great group of people, uh, some of them with quite a corporate background. So it's got a different, again, a different culture to some of the other chapters that seem to be built more around the real estate and trades more than the professional services, financial services. But we launched a group that meets on Green Hill Road in Parkside. Um, and that, they're a great group. Uh, in the first four weeks together, those 30 people shared in nine, over $96,000 worth of business, which for a new group is quite unusual actually because you've got to build up that trust before you put your credibility on the line uh, you know making an introduction to your best client for example you know that's a high risk <laughs> referral so they've done a really good job wow yeah and if if someone is looking to, to join bni or join a chapter um do they is it best for them to sort of go straight to the chapter themselves or do they come to bni and then they sort of tell them because it sounds a little bit like it may be beneficial for people to go to a chapter that sort of that fits their culture a little bit better rather than perhaps the closest one. Would yeah, ab absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, in fact, me as, you know, Mr. B and I, I don't determine who gets into these. So we've got five chapters. They're actually self-governed once they're off the ground. You know, I provide training and support, uh, but they have a membership committee who is really the HR department and the recruitment department. So they are the gatekeepers of the chapter. So someone, we had an example actually of a, a fantastic guy who's helping me launch a chapter in the CBD. Um, at the moment, we're doing our first meeting next week. But he, um, he came along to this chapter I just mentioned that shared in $96,000 because they're actively, he's in recruitment, they're actively seeking a recruitment agent, but when he sat down with their membership committee, they realised, even though it was a successful group, just culturally, he wasn't the right fit. But he's a great fit for B&I, which is why he's helping me. I've put him together with four other guys who are really 
in the same headspace as him. And so they're, they're going to be a powerful chapter as well. But Michael wouldn't have fitted in as well at the Green Hill Road chapter. And by, I guess, by a mutual decision, they realised, yeah, this is this is not for you. Uh, now, obviously, CBD is pretty close. But, yeah, if, if that hadn't have been available to him, we might have sent him down to Marion or Christie's Beach if he was prepared to travel that extra distance to find the right group for him. And does, uh, does B&I um, actively do sort of advertising things to get new members and new people involved or is it more just a word of mouth uh, thing? Yeah, look, as we are a word of mouth uh, organisation, we wouldn't be very credible if we uh, used Yellow Pages TV radio. Look, it, it has been tried. Uh, Portugal is one of the fastest growing BNI regions in the world and they did use TV advertising. A guy down in uh, Tasmania that looks after Hobart and the southern I think it's the southern half of Tasmania. He's tried some radio advertising. Uh, I'm not sure what the results have been, but really the way uh, 90% of people get involved in BNI is that they get invited along to attend a meeting by someone in their network. Now, sometimes the meeting they go and see, they're actually locked out of, of that meeting. So I've got a friend who uh, works for Telstra and he's just really passionate about BNI. He's getting some great results. Now, he's he's meeting at a North Adelaide chapter, but his network is in the Western suburbs. So he takes friends and colleagues along to see his meeting in North Adelaide. Now, they can't actually join that North Adelaide chapter because their profession, that, that seat's already been filled. And what he does is he redirects them down to a new chapter we're launching at West Lakes, which uh, is, you know, suitable culturally and location-wise for them. But, yeah, absolutely he takes them to see his meeting because he's proud. He figures his chapter's a showcase. You know, they've done $720,000 of business in less than four months. And these people like what they see. They're locked out. So Ivan will help them, uh, as I said, with an introduction to me so I can get them uh, having a look at the Westlakes group, make sure they're happy with the people in that room. Awesome. And um, is the BNI model, is it suited uh, to different types of businesses? Like, for instance, B2B versus B2C or particular industries, maybe like product-based industries versus service-based industries? Yeah. Okay, so look, we know that B&I can work for absolutely any business, but it won't work for every person. You know, Again, we want people who are results-oriented, they're hungry, they're willing to put in a little bit of time and effort because they understand that what goes around comes around and you only get in – you only get out what you put in, should I say. Uh, look, we do know there are particular, uh, I guess – uh, professional spheres that can do very well out of BNI. We find it is usually service-based industries. Uh, we're always we always see very strong representation in the real estate um, and the trade sector. That's often the backbone, and you'll see generally a third of the membership base of any chapter is in that real estate and trade area you know so the the real estate agent can feed the mortgage broker who can feed the conveyancer who can feed the property manager who feeds all the tradies with the maintenance work etc uh, and also you know you get usually you don't see volume builders involved in bni but you might get those high-end builders who have a premium product because i guess if you place an ad in the yellow pages uh, or the messenger you're competing on price normally when someone you know it is uh, pre-sold advertising, they're genuinely in the market to buy when they ring, but they're going to ring some of your competitors they generally shop on price. If you are someone that competes on value, not price, you need an unfair advantage over your competition. So you need that foot in the door, the personal recommendation. So yeah, the, the builders we tend to see involved might only do 10 homes a year because they're sort of their homes are half a million dollars. Uh, we also see look strong representation in those business services and financial services. So uh, 
commercial lending, financial planning, uh, personal risk insurance, general insurance brokers, uh, business coaches, marketing consultants, etc. Now, one area that we're starting to see development in Adelaide is the health and well-being. So we're getting chiropractors, physiotherapists, massage therapists, uh, nutritional products, people like that involved in most chapters. Where we're not strong in Adelaide currently, but I've seen it in the eastern states, they call it the wedding mafia. So it's the uh, the event planning type uh, profession. So you'll see wedding celebrants, you'll see um, uh, gift baskets, bouquets, uh, you, you know, which can also uh, go into corporate gifts. Uh, you'll see people who organise entertainment, etc., etc. So yeah, that's a weakness or, or an opportunity in Adelaide. That so currently we really don't have many people in the wedding and event planning type sector. Uh, photographers would be the exception. We've got a photographer in virtually every group. If, in fact, every group, I think. <laughs> okay, so photographers are on top of this, obviously, but there's a bit of yeah. an opportunity for some other people in the, the wedding uh, area. But, and also in, in many other areas, as, as you went through there, I think it seems like there's is quite broad. Uh, and um, and as you said, you have to be sort of willing to, to, to give to give in, you sort of give, get back what you put in sort of thing. And um, yeah. there's opportunity for lots of different industries there, which is good. Has the rise of digital and social media, has that changed much the way you do business? I guess because it's essentially uh, you're meeting in person and that's still the major part of it, um, I guess the the core hasn't changed that much or or has it? We're still all about face-to-face contact. However, some of our members, particularly our, uh, say, our under-35s, are starting to use social media to actually put it out there and they're actually using social media to generate... um, interest in getting visitors to come along and see the meeting. They're also uh, responding to requests through LinkedIn groups. You know, someone might, I've I've seen it myself, people say, hey, do you know a good business coach in the central areas? And someone that's connected with them or is is, uh, involved in that group that's also in BNI will then, uh, you know, speak with the person online and and maybe they can find a referral out of that. We actually have a a fantastic member called Simone Douglas. I don't know if you know of her social media, AOK. She's now the vice president of that top performing chapter in Melbourne Street, and she's uh, working with me. We're actually going to be rolling out a a social media strategy from July of this year and providing additional training to our leaders initially. So, as I said, each chapter is self-governed, and then hopefully in 2014, if we can prove the models valuable, then we'll be rolling it out uh, to our general membership. I I think the key is, though, any, any training we provide in BNI, it's not just BNI training. Much of it is transferable for people to use in their own business. Cool. Yeah, I have come across uh, Simone. Um, she's very active in the uh, Adelaide Business Central Facebook group. Which, yes, um, which is, yes. And BNI came up again. That's what, what made me uh, get in contact with you because I was re-reminded of BNI uh, through her. So uh, obviously it's working the, the social media stuff from, from that perspective. So we do test and measure everything. Uh, Simone is one of the top three members in Adelaide. Uh, she's using social media as you've seen widely. So there's probably something in that. So Simone and I obviously need to talk more. Uh, most members sort of uh, tend to be there for the long term or is there a bit of a turnover there? Or Yeah, look, uh, absolutely. As I said, B&I doesn't work for everyone. Now, our membership committees are the gatekeepers. So 
we have a reasonable, uh, reasonably extensive interview and follow-up process to make sure that people are the right fit because we don't want to damage the brand by having people come in with the wrong expectations and it just doesn't work for them. So we do find that about 15% of our membership will not either not renew when their 12 months comes to an end or they may even leave mid-term. Uh, we, but we have members, we have a painter in Simone's chapter who has been there, Jeff King, I think seven or eight years, and we've got several members in her group that have been in for five years. Um, we just awarded some three-year ribbons. So, you know, it's great. It's a great, uh, I guess, testimony to the system when someone has been in for that long. But we also see people, like you mentioned, that have I actually gave a referral to an HR consultant that was in my chapter. Uh, he left in his second year and he rang me up. He was so apologetic, but what I'd given him had turned into a three-day-a-week contract. And with his other work, he simply couldn't take on any more business. Therefore, what was the point of fronting up every week if A, he didn't want to take anything on and B, he was too busy to give back to the group. He didn't want to be a passenger. So we do find that for life circumstance or for business reasons, people leave. So sometimes leaving is not a, a negative thing. It's a positive thing. Cool. Yeah. Good, great answer. Um, now, we, we, this question here was something uh, that sort of gave me pause when I first heard of BNI, and you've already touched on it a little bit, but I'll ask it anyway just to sort of get a... Uh, a complete answer. Um, so one thing I I had sort of uh, felt I wasn't too sure about was I didn't want to be giving ref- being, being having an expectation to give referrals and sort of being sort of pushed towards giving referrals to people I know, uh, friends, family, other clients, and pe- people I know within my business uh, uh, networks, um, and, and referring them to other businesses that I didn't really know that well because I'd only sort of met them through the group and. I hadn't had a really a chance to uh, try out their services. Um, what would you say to people that have this sort of concern? Yeah, look, that would be probably the number one concern that people have. Well, probably number one is the weekly commitment because uh, really the money versus the expected returns is rarely a consideration. So it's that weekly commitment is, is a challenge for a lot of people. And the next highest concern is, yeah, they don't feel confident that they can bring referrals uh, particularly because, you know, 5 or 10% of members we get uh, might have been introduced to BNI by someone interstate. So they don't actually have someone in the group they already trust because we talked before about the testimonials. Most people are invited into BNI group by someone they know and trust. And so if that person is happy to endorse, you know, another half dozen in the chapter, then as a new member, you'll often give them a go because you trust your friend's judgment. Um, as we touched on before, you know, the real estate agent, etc isn't going, you're not probably going to use that person's service yourself. So, you know, one thing in business and in life, uh, we, and it's not just B&I, a lot of business coaches will say this, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Perception is reality for the person who's perceiving it. So one thing you can do is always bring your A game when you come to a meeting, you know, arrive early, plan to stay late, dress sharp, even if you're a tradie, uh, come prepared and people will start to think, well, if they front up, to the BNI meeting with that mindset and attitude, then they're probably going to front up to a meeting with a client, you know, at least if not with a higher, you know, a higher setting. Now, we also know as a new member, you're probably not going to give a lot of referrals in your first two or three months. So we have uh, a, a system that sits behind BNI, which is designed to help people build their credibility within the group. We call it the VCP process. So firstly, you need to be visible but then you need opportunities to build your credibility because as you know, if you give a referral and it 
doesn't go well, it falls back on you. So you need to trust the person you're passing the referral to. So everything in that 40-point agenda and the other components of the system that are for the rest of the week outside the weekly meeting are designed for the members to be able to build their trust and credibility levels within the group, even if most of the members can't personally use their service. So yeah, we say sort of probably the higher the average value of the transaction of your product or service, the more risk to the referrer. So you would probably, if you joined a group, Nick, feel reasonably comfortable yeah giving a referral to that florist that we talked about before because you know 50 100 bucks you know okay maybe the flowers would slightly brown around the edges but it's probably not going to kill your credibility with your best client uh but you know if it was an introduction to the accountant and they stuffed it up that would be really bad for you so you're absolutely not expected to start passing referrals on day one, particularly those high value ones. So it's up to the other members to actually put in the time and effort so that you feel comfortable referring business to them. Cool. Yeah, that's a, a great answer. And uh, you did answer it a little bit before, so it's, but it's nice to have that sort of uh, you know, in a package there. Um, yeah. Just on the back of that then, um, do, do you have any, any tips for people on how they can get the most out of BNI? Just um, things you can give to, to my listeners. Okay, sure. I would say, well, I've touched on one of them. Don't be late because we say that, you know, you've got a, a yes bucket and a no bucket sitting on your shoulder at all times when you're with your BNI members. So if you rock up late to a meeting and people notice it, are they thinking, hmm, is he going to rock up late when I introduce him to my client? If you come in, you know, looking like you've just rolled out of bed, what are they thinking? Uh, because most of our meetings are at 7 a.m. by the way. <laughs> so if you, again, if you're, if you're a tradie and you're, rocked up, uh, you're a painter, for example, Jeff never rocks up in his overalls with paint stains on him in d- dusty boots. He's always there in a nice logoed shirt with slacks, okay, because he's trying to set that right perception. He wants introductions into, you know, property managers and boutique builders and so forth. So he needs to position himself so everything's aligned. So that's one thing, you know, dress for success and think about all those other one percenters that are going to affect people's perception of you. Absolutely. Look, please embrace all the training we have to offer. We, as I said, the training is free. I'll put a caveat on that. Uh, members always pay uh, towards venue hire and catering costs, but the actual content that we deliver, there's no, you know, we don't get paid an, an extra fee for you actually accessing the training. So embrace the training opportunities. Uh, speak with the experienced members in the group. You know, they'll provide some one-on-one mentoring and support. The other thing is, and, and this is probably the number one thing, don't just be a 90-minute-a-week member because you will not succeed. So we have a 90-minute structured meeting every week, but you need to actually be doing some activity outside the meeting. We, we think you should be putting in three to five hours a week, probably no more than that because of a law of diminishing returns. But, you know, we encourage you to go out one-on-one and meet the other members in their workplace. Uh, and in return, they'll want to do the same for you. You should be actually, if, if members ask for specific introductions, you should take note of that. And maybe a day or two after the meeting, you might not have might not have triggered something in your memory at the time, but just review those notes. And actually, you know what? I don't know person from XYZ company, but I know their biggest competitor. In fact, they're a client of mine. Ring up the member. Hey, I know you asked for, you know, Bob Jane. Would you like an introduction to Bridgestone instead? That sort of thing. So put in some time and effort outside of the meeting as well as being, you know, bringing your A game to every meeting that you attend. Great. Yeah, thanks for those tips. Um, How can people find out more if they're interested in uh, getting a sort of signing up to a chapter or, or just checking out a little bit more about it? 
Yeah, look, if uh, if they don't have a friend or, you know, someone in their contact sphere that, that can personally introduce them to BNI, because as I said, it's always, I feel the best way. Uh, just like you, you approached me, you made an inquiry through bni.com.au through the website, um, that they'll get into contact with me. I'll follow them up um, normally with a phone call if they leave their, their number and we'll have a bit of a chat. I need to understand where they're located, what profession they're in to know where there's vacancies. And chances are when they front up at that meeting, uh, you know, with 30-odd people in the room, usually they actually know someone in the room. They might not have realised that person was a BNI member, but they normally, you know, have someone that will take them under their wing because they've had that prior prior relationship. But, yeah, really, the way, if you don't have someone, just do what you did, uh, inquire through the website. I'll get on to you with one, within one business day unless I'm travelling. So I also manage uh, BNI in Darwin. Uh, but you, look, they'll hear from me within two to three business days at the absolute worst. Great, great. So if you know someone already who's in BNI, then you can go, get in through them or bni.com.au. I'll put a link in the, in the show notes on our website. It's another way to get in, in contact. Um, yeah. I think that pretty much brings me to the end of uh, all the questions I had. Uh, thanks very much, Simon, for coming on the show. It's been uh, really interesting to sort of delve into this BNI thing that I'd heard about, but I didn't know sort of all of what it was about. So I, I, I think uh, the information you've given has been really great. All right. Fantastic. Really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thanks, Nick. That brings us to the end of another podcast. For more information about this episode and all our others, head to our website, www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au.